every week we always just forget who is the person who's I remember doing who it. it is, but the person who is supposed to do it forgot <laughs> that she is. Hello and welcome to Hidden Among Us, episode 24. Hi. Hi. How's your week been? Um, we finally reached reading week, so it's um no classes, classes have ended, but assignments have not, so... Yeah, Honda is still grinding! <laughs> you guys can enjoy the end of the year. You got it, Honda, just a few more days! Also, um, Twitter has stories now called Fleets. Oh, serious? It. I wasn't on Twitter today. Yeah. I hate okay, it. Okay, yeah, if you... So, 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 here's the thing, okay? Two days ago, I saw people on my timeline going, oh, what is this stories feature? And everyone hated it. But it didn't come for me. So I thought it was in the safe zone. But then this morning, I went on Twitter and like it was there. So I think they were rolling it out slowly. And for Singapore, it rolled out today, I think. Yeah, so now there's stories and it's... um, I don't understand why there's stories, but they their stories now yeah and then there's on the other hand there is freaking instagram oh with the shopping thing is it yes oh, okay mine hasn't come mine hasn't updated to that yet okay so my instagram has an issue where every time there's a new update i always get it slow i remember when instagram went through its first complete revamp in like i think 2000 and what year did we do our a-levels 17. To 2016, they had like their whole revamp. And I remember I was sitting next to Honda in class and Honda had like the new <laughs> Instagram interface. It was like minimalist and so cool. And mine was on the old one. And for weeks, I kid you not, Honda oh can attest to okay, this, okay? I remember this. It's for so weeks. For weeks, mine never updated. And everyone had this nice interface. It was like minimalist, sleek. It looked so good. And mine was, I was stuck with the old janky one. Mm. Yeah. And like, Honda can attest to this, okay? Because I used to update my Instagram right in front of her. And I would click on the app after up- it updated, and it would be the old Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hate the new Instagram. I want the new Insta- uh, old Instagram back. Because I, I honestly do use Instagram to shop. I hate it because now Twitter, Insta, and Facebook are like the same. Like, I used to love having different apps for different purposes, but now it's like every app is fighting to be the one all in one integrated app. And it's so true. annoying. Also, I think Facebook bought Instagram, which is why it's yeah. like that as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean Yeah, but it's just in the end yeah, Honda. In the end they all just want to sell us something through the app. That's how they get their Precisely. revenue. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. The ad revenue. But you know, it's just, yeah, it's true. Like, when you enter Facebook, there is a whole, like, there's a whole tab that you can shop, like, a marketplace. But, I don't know, it's just something about Instagram. There is something, I mean, when I was, like, what, 13, 14, and I got on this app, I got into this app to, like, post photos of, like, my memories. Not to freaking shop. Like, 
No, but like, if I'm not wrong, the original point of Instagram was to be different from other types of social media. So they wanted to make it like focused on photography mm. and like eventually video. But it was meant to be like this very focused sort of like you you stay away from like the 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 how do I explain it? But like other social media has all these like sheer amount of stuff that come at you, but. Instagram was just supposed to be focused on just pictures, you know. Mm. But then now it's just it's become like every other social media platform. Exactly, and Twitter, Twitter did me really dirty. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think. But like, okay, so the fleets on Twitter isn't like the worst thing ever. So I think it's still okay. Like a lot of those, um, stan accounts can use it as announcement platforms. Like you just click it and it's like one major announcement instead of like tweeting out an announcement or whatever. So far, that's what I've seen. Some accounts do. So it's not. It's not like a terrible idea. I actually well, don't see I'm it. Just... The, the you'll see it soon. You'll, oh, see you it soon. you'll see it soon. Yeah. It's gonna come. Oh, no. Okay. It, it's the fleets just need to fly over to you. Okay, I, yeah. I mean, I'm cool with the fleets, the, um, but it's just, at what point will they integrate shopping into the app as well? Oh my god. Okay, so Twitter already has like this really annoying thing where it like boosts certain Twitter accounts and like it, it appears in your timeline and it's sort of like an ad. And I hate it so much because some of it is like super irrelevant. Like, tell me why I care about data analysts. <laughs> why are they appearing on my timeline? Yeah. So I have to like... Okay, the thing that annoys you about stuff like this and even with YouTube is the fact that in order to get like a, like the algorithm to push content that I like, I have to manually go in and I have to like say that I don't like this content mm-hmm. and I think I've ranted about this on Instagram about Instagram before but um, right now because I follow a lot of pet accounts right so Instagram's explore page likes to push a lot of like pet content for me and the ads have become more like pet related but like the thing is right it's not like specific so they don't know that the pet content I'm looking at is like mostly for rabbits. So there was one time an ad literally pushed um like dog food and part of the dog food that the ad was about was literally rabbit ears, like actual rabbit ears. Oh. And it was like very triggering for me. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like this is not the content I'm I want to see or I'm looking for. It's it's a like the I think the the AI still isn't that advanced yet. So the ads are still like janky. Mm. I remember that day was like <laughs> I was scrolling through my stories and I get this ad for rabbit ears for dogs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, no, sir, no, thank you. Mm. Yeah, at least. At, but at the very least, they give you the option to remove it if it doesn't suit your taste. I think that's important. Yeah, do, do you, you don't even know the amount of effort I went into like curating my YouTube recommends page oh i i have ever i have ever seen like my entire recommends page and not liked it a single video so i had 
clicked to say that I don't want to see this and I and the reason why is because I don't it's not relevant or I don't care about it or I don't like the channel okay like I've done that for every single thing so now like my it's not the it's still not that great but it's it YouTube doesn't give me as many irrelevant things uh, meanwhile yeah. I think my YouTube is quite screwed up because my sister but you know what it's not like I can do anything about it also. Yeah, no. That's, that's the other thing. Like, I'm so scared to let other people search for videos on my on my YouTube because I'm so scared it's going to start pushing that content. So sometimes when people want to search for stuff on my YouTube, right, I will literally, like, go on incognito and make them... Or, like, make them sign in as a guest and then search for videos because I don't want them messing up my recommends. I do the same too, so... I do the same for my sister sometimes because I really cannot take any more Paw Patrol or Percy, not Percy Pig, Peppa Pig. But, oh well, I mean, yeah, it's the really weird thing about algorithm, but I wish that they would stop. Like, if I want to shop, I want to shop. It's it's just very, uh, it's just the promoting of like different consumptions through different platforms. It's just really annoying. And they have a dedicated tab for that. Wow, the commitment is real. Like, I... I, I mean, it's pretty good for brands around on the mm. promotional side of things. For brands, it's good because you know you have like millions and millions of people on on Instagram, and it's sort of clickbaity. The fact that the the shopping tab is where the the likes were was, so like people mm-hmm. like click it, and then you know mm. you see shopping. Smart move, mm. Instagram. I'm watching you. I see what you are doing. Yeah, quite a... I don't like the move. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I, Instagram, if you ever... People on Instagram ho- and... Yeah. Yeah, if you ever hear this podcast, please just remove the shopping tab. I can't take it anymore. Like, please. Or like, create another button that isn't yeah. the likes button. Like, why did you have to do that? If you had created a separate button... Or something to access the shopping tab. I think people would have accepted it more. It's just the feeling of being baited into looking at things that you didn't want to look at in the first place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Instagram, can you just at least give us back our chronological order? That's the least that you can do oh for us. God, yes. After taking this freaking Please. shopping tab. I, I I legit see stuff from like a week ago. Exactly. On my, mm-hmm. Yeah. On my feet. Same. And I'm like, why? I think that's because we don't because... really scroll it... our feet also. No, the algorithm is just strange. Like even to um to get your post viewed by more people, right? There's like a specific thing you have to do in order to make sure that like your post appears in certain tags and stuff like that. Yes. And one of it is to actually post every day. Mm. Oh. It's 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 actually yeah, it's the thing is and this is a thing that happened with Tumblr as well. Like a lot of so on Instagram and Tumblr, a lot of people use it as a form of like um artistic expression so you see a lot of artists on instagram and tumblr and what happens is because of this change in algorithm right a lot of these artists are actually struggling and like a lot of these artists also rely on the social media platforms in order to like curate their portfolios 
so that if for example they want to go and do like professional like art like for like film or whatever right they they have their instagram to like show off like see this is the, the stuff i can do and because like of the new algorithm right a lot of these artists like take a huge hit so a lot of their posts don't turn up in certain tags some of their posts like they, they find that they're losing a lot of followers like they they're not gaining as much as they used to as well so it's just i don't know who is it really benefiting is it just like influencers or what that is the bigger question here okay mm. this story i think chris might have heard of it <laughs> so like okay uh, you so can't what? just say that and follow silence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell us what it is. <laughs> you realize halfway through. I only, I will only like. I think you realize halfway through. But yeah. Oh, oh, you know, you're not, not telling gonna... us. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. So this okay. murders is from Japan. It's also known as the Kobe child murders. Chris is like mm. trying to like think. <laughs> I'm like, I can see mm, her thinking. What is it? Okay. Okay. So, the COVID child murders is the attacks and murders that took place from March to May in 1997. The murders took place oh. on March 16 and May 24. So of 1997. Mm-hmm. And yeah, total two victims and their names were. Yamashita Ayaka and Hase Jun. So Yamashita Ayaka was age 10 and Hase Jun was age 11. Oh, they were young. Very young. And apart yeah. from these two murders, there have been other attacks where a group of young girls were attacked by an individual wielding a hammer. Fortunately, they managed to escape unharmed. However, a few days later, Yamashita Ayaka was uh, attacked with a hammer and a knife and was bludgeoned to death. Oof. Okay. Then, an hour after the attack on Ayaka, a nine-year-old girl was also attacked in the same neighborhood. She sustained stab wounds, but she managed to survive the attack. Okay. So, yeah, around this time, like this period, there, ha- there have been reports about like several dead animals which had appeared to be mutilated. Oh, uh, no. No warning signs. And Classic. Then- Psychopath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, well, when you hear the details about this person, he's like, wow, like classic psychopath. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and the most shocking uh, murder was on May 27. Okay, no, the murder Oof. didn't took place on May 27, but the body was found on May 27. And, oof. Okay, I'm going to go into like how he was found, okay? So, Chris, I think you will realize. So, the head of 11-year-old Hasejun was found on the gates of a middle school. I know this case. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, sorry to interject, but this is one of the cases that got me into true crime. I remember reading about this um, on Murderpedia in secondary school and like I was just like, my love for true crime came after this case. Okay, I'm so excited. Okay, Murderpedia. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I literally went on Murderpedia and I was like clicking by country and I was like, wow, Japan has quite a few. Then I clicked one and I think, and I read it and I was just like, oh my god. Okay, okay. I'm very excited. Y'all can't see, but my face is like super red because I'm super excited. 
His head was also found to be mutilated as his mouth had been slit from ear to ear with a note in his mouth. And... Oh my god. Why, Chris, you're like... <laughs> okay, also because I read this a long time ago, I cannot remember the details of this case. I know the general... I know generally what happened, but I don't know the details. So, right. Okay, so that's messed up. Okay. In my second half of my story, I actually added details that I had to translate from Japanese. So you might not find oh. it if you try and wiki it. So you're welcome. <gasps> okay. Now I'm extra wow. excited. Okay, okay. I know the effort, right? <laughs> so, so the note read, This is the beginning of the game. Try to stop me if you can, you stupid police. I desperately want to see people die. It is the thrill for me to commit murder. A bloody judgment is needed for my years of great bitterness. <laughs> oh. It's like a narcissist. A lot of narcissistic um, murderers, I mean like killers, tend to do stuff like this. Mm. Like taunting. Right, I think so. Yeah, like taunting. Yeah, the note was written in red ink and the killer identified himself as Sakakibara. Yeah, so uh, Hase Jun, like the victim, was a special education student and he had been missing since May 24th, so like three days before he was discovered. And after the murder, on June 6th, a letter had been sent to the newspaper Kobe Shinbun where Sakakibara claimed responsibility for the murder and decapitation of Hase Jun and also threatened that more murders will follow. The letter was also written in red ink and was three pages long. The person... Wow. <laughs> the person identified... Us struggling... Sorry, us like already struggling to write a three-page long essay and then this dude, this person is just <laughs> yeah. like... Here's three pages of like how I want to kill people and it's also in red ink. <laughs> he identified himself as Sakakibara Seito. The name is written in six characters. And some of the meaning of the characters is alcohol, devil, role, saint, and fight. Wait, was okay. this his actual name or like... It's a stage name. He like made a, yeah, up. he made it up. Oh, mm. wow. Um, we stand that's a compliment, I guess. Yeah, I'll, yeah that's a- I'll talk more about his name later on. Like, Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Yeah, so... Chris um, is really so excited. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I am. This is the perfect end to my week. Like, it really is. So, like, then the the letter... Like, I'll read, like, a part of the letter. So, it began with the phrase, Now it's the beginning of a game. And the letter also stated that, I am putting my life at stake for the sake of this game. If I'm caught, I'll probably be hanged. Police should be angrier and more tenacious in pursuing me. It's only when I kill that I'm liberated from the constant hatred that I suffer and that I'm able to attain peace. It is only when I give pain to people that I can ease my own pain. The letter also lashed out against the Japanese educational system, calling it compulsory education that formed me an invincible person. Okay, dramatic person. <laughs> Super dramatic. Super dramatic. Yeah, but like, however, like, his name that he identified himself as, like, Sakakibara is not, like, uh, it's not a a common one. Like, people wouldn't know how to read it off the bat. So the media misread his name as Onibara. 
which is like <laughs> oh <laughs> like devil rose oh my god <laughs> not sakakibara <laughs> so he was infuriated and he wrote to the media station from now on if you misread my name or spoil my mood i will kill three vegetables a week if you think i can only kill children you are greatly mistaken <laughs> But in this context, the vegetables that he meant were humans with developmental disabilities. Oh no, my god, I feel so bad for laughing. Actually, you know what? I'm laughing because the, the media got his name wrong and it, it just sounded so off. Yeah. It's... And like, you deserve it, dude. You deserve to get your name like <laughs> misreported and spread across the country. Must have triggered him though. He must have been really pissed. Mm. Yeah, what the hell? I guess because it was his shining moment, and then like people read yeah. his Then he was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sticking with my narcissistic theory. Like this person definitely has narcissistic personality disorder or something. I'm just thinking. Um, imagine if I was a murderer and then you say, "Shane Go is on the run." <laughs> I'll be laughing also. They were like, Shane Chan. Also, as somebody who has gotten her name mispronounced like her entire life, I can imagine someone going like Christian, Christina, Christina, Anna. I will call the news channel and it's Shen. Shannon, (laughs) Shen, Shen. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry to interject, but I think one of my favorite stories about mispronouncing Shen's name was when Shen was in year one. No! <laughs> Sorry, Shen told us. Okay, I, I never forgot it. So, the, te- the, the the teacher was like going through the names, right? And then the the, the teacher says, Sean. Was it Sean or Shen? Sean. 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 And then Shen goes, no, it's Shen. And then the teacher's like, no, it's Sean. And then Shen's like, no, it's Shen. And... <laughs> Turns out there was a Sean in her class. <laughs> the teacher was just reading out his name because her name was later oh So embarrassing, man. Sean just over there like, I sleep, I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I don't think okay. the teacher ever forgot me. And you're so confident. <laughs> it's Shen. Yo, so... <sighs> I have terrible memory, but I will always remember this story. <laughs> it's gonna follow me okay, for life. Honda, you should carry on. I'm like sweating, dude. I'm laughing so much. <laughs> okay, so I'll move on to the arrest. On June 28, a 14-year-old junior high school student was arrested as a suspect of Hase Jun's murder. 14? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. He's taking the anime protagonist too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Honda, why did you have such a serious expression? Honda was like smiling and then suddenly she just like... Oh no. Face just... I had like a loudest notification thing and I'm just like, oh wait... Oh my god. What was that meme? The one where it's... I forgot the drag queen's name, but she's like smiling in the mirror then it like it, it fades into like this very serious... Okay, never mind. I'm doing a very bad explanation of this meme. Uh-huh. But that's what I saw in Honda's face. 
And yeah, the suspect also confessed to the murder of the 10-year-old Nemashita Ayaka earlier in March and the other attacks at the same time. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So, the suspect's name is actually not officially revealed until now because the law, you know, protects the identities of minors. So, he is oh. he's widely known as Shonen A or Boy A in English. And But even if his name is not officially released, it's like circulating on the internet. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not easy to hide your name. <laughs> yeah, not mm-hmm. when you've committed so much shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna like go into the details of like what he did. Like this is what he said when during the investigation. So okay, on May twenty four, he went out looking for a random person because he had the urge to kill. So he went out in the afternoon on his bicycle, and after riding around the town for ten minutes, he happened to saw a boy walking by himself, and this boy was Hase Jun. And he recognized the boy because um, boy A's youngest brother was in the same school level as Hase Jun and would come by the house to play. And in A's house, they kept a pet turtle and Hase Jun also liked turtles. So as he saw the boy, he thought to himself, he's smaller than I am, so I'll be able to kill him. And he went up to the boy and said to him, the hill over there had a turtle. Let's go take a look. And they went up to the hill and after reaching it, uh, a strangled Hasejun and hit the body there. And A stated that it took him quite a while to kill Hasejun, but he enjoyed the process. And when Hasejun finally succumbed to the attack, A was satisfied as he felt that Hasejun was his. What the heck? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, there's a lot to unpack in this one incident. Holy shit, okay. Yeah. He also said that while I did the uh while I did the attack on those girls and kill the another girl. Those attacks were like fast and in an instant. So I didn't so he didn't feel satisfied. So but for Hase Jun, it took him a while so he was able to enjoy it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and okay. So after he left the body on the hill, like he hid it. Then he went to play with his friend and went home at around six PM. And as he arrived home, A's mother mentioned that Hase was missing, but A was like, you know, nonchalant about it. And mm. after reflecting on what he did that day, he rem- he remembered that he had previously hit a saw in that hill as well. And by then, A had killed many cats and he noted that their heads could be easily cut off and that he wanted to try it on a human. No! Okay. Okay, this is a thing that I absolutely despise about these serial killers or like these psychopathic killers. It's like, please don't hurt the animals. What did they do wrong? Yeah, that's why sometimes I don't really like it when stray cats are too uh, like nice to people. Because <laughs> there's mm. like yeah, no, and, bad people out and there. And that's a concerning thing. Like even, okay, and I've noticed this about birds as well. Because remember when I was very young, birds used to be more frightened of humans. <laughs> now they're not. And it's just... All these animals, because they're so socialized to be around people, right? They trust so easily. Yeah, at least birds and can like, fly what? away, but like, you know. Yeah. The heck? Okay. So, on May 25th, the next day, A woke up and he went out of the house to go cut off the head of the body. 
he brought along two trash bags and he went back to the hill. And after he finished cutting the head off, he proceeded to mutilate it and place it in the trash bag. Mm. After, oh dear God. after leaving the hill, he went to the place. He went to find a place to hide the bag, and he found a tree at a lake that had a hole at like the roots. So he placed the bag at the root area and watched it from a distance for like a few minutes. Then after watching it for a while, he placed the he he eventually placed the bag inside the hole to hide it. Mm-hmm. Okay, strange, but okay. Yeah, the next day on May 26th, there, and by that day, there had been 150 personnel involved in ha- finding Hasejun. And and on the day, A was going out his, about his daily routine, and in the afternoon, he wanted to go see the head again and went to the lake. He took the bag out of the hole and looked at the bag from a distance again for about five to six minutes. And he noticed how the colour of the skin was changing, but didn't know any other oh. significant changes. So he soon lost interest and brought the head home. He brought the head home? Yeah. Okay. Are we really surprised at this point? Right? Okay. Yep. So he thought about how the police would soon find the body. So he thought of displaying the head so that the investigation would be distracted. And in the end, he thought to place the head at the school he went to as he thought that that would be the blind spot for the police. As he thought the police wouldn't think a middle schooler would place a head in school. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to think... You wouldn't want to think a small kid... Like, not small, but yeah, like a 14 year old kid can do something like this. Mm. See? See, this is why a podcast is called Hidden Among Us. <laughs> exactly. So, A remembered how his parents taught him not to blame others when you're in the wrong. But he also didn't want to be at fault for the murder. So, he tried to evade being caught. Okay. <laughs> as he reached home, he thought of the idea of placing the head at the school gates. So, when he reached home, there wasn't anybody at home. So, he decided to wash the head as there had been dirt and dried leaves on it. And one of the motives of washing the head was also because there's, um, uh, was so that the police would not be able to collect samples that would identify the place that he was killed at. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, but however, A thought that just simply placing the head at the school gates would not be a big enough impact to distract the investigation. So, and he saw that the mouth was open, so he thought to place a letter inside the mouth. Mm, okay. And on May 27, the next day, he went to school between 1am and 3am and he went on his bicycle, placed a head in the basket on the bicycle and he rode to school. And as he reached the gates, he placed the head on the gate and placed the letter in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were, that's like the details of like his... Of like that particular murder. Did no one notice him? Like this strange kid riding a bicycle with like a weird yeah. package in it. When he was on the hill actually, um when he was like um like going down the hill with the head in the back, there had been like people like uh like investigators on the hill also. I think they were looking for Hasejun and they saw like a but then, you know, they didn't think nothing of it. They, they were just mm. like, oh, what are you doing here? That, 
Mm. And it's precisely because he's a middle schooler, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, there's this whole thing about ethics with young children also. I mean, you would never suspect them first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to move on to like later after his arrest and everything. Mm-hmm. So in 2004, he was released on a provisional basis and in the following year, in 2005, he was fully released. In, oh dear God, okay. <laughs> in June 2015, at age 32, he released an autobiography named Sekka. He expressed regret for his crime. He's a narcissist. I'm sorry. He's a narcissist. <sighs> yeah. So he expressed regret for his crimes while at the same time recounting the murders in graphic detail in the book. And in the Indeed. book, yeah, the book quickly became one of the top bestsellers in Japan. And this I'm is surprised. despite this despite attempts by the Hasejun's family to block the release of Zekka. Oh. And there are also sources that say that he had sent a personal note of apology attached to the book to the families of the victims. Hmm. It's like so. Oh it's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm really sorry for murdering your son, but here's also details of how I did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, gee. So yeah, the Hase Jun's father, Mamoru Hase, issued a statement to the media in which he said, "I don't know if the mother of our child published this book to further extend our endless suffering. It shows he doesn't really feel bad about doing what he did." I wish the book would be pulled immediately and that no more copies be printed. Mm, but that didn't happen, right? No, I mean, he's receiving royalties for the book every time it gets sold. <sighs> don't buy it. If you see the book, don't buy it. Mm. That's probably his only way of, like, having a income, you know, because he, he wouldn't be able to work anywhere anyways. Mm. But still... <laughs> Yeah. I think it's it's the fact that he he just comes across as unremorseful. That that's why I cannot like sympathize with him. It's not even like there's so many people who like after spending time in prison for like doing heinous crimes, they sort of reform and like they turn over a new leaf. And this goes back once again to the conversation about prison systems and how it has to be more reformative instead of like punishing mm. back in I mean he didn't really spend long in the prison like seven years maybe yeah and they, they can't even like prosecute him according to like like adult level of stuff mm-hmm. he's still because he's still a he was still a kid, so he he cannot they they cannot like put him behind bars for like a very long time or mm. whatever. But he was like really no matter how he was like really calm throughout the whole thing though. Like and he very he calculates what he wants to do. He's he was very rational about it. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, this is the end of my story. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna give us more details when you had that pause. So I was like preparing myself for like juicy <laughs> details. I was like... Yeah, it's just like... Like, what? maybe he started... Like, He's somewhere oh. out there in Japan. Oh my god. Wow. And he's still 32. So, I mean not 32. He's around 37. 
So he's still, you know, he's very young still. He's gonna live yeah. for like maybe like 50, 50 more years, maybe. Yeah. What wow. is the average lifespan of a human male? No, but like in Japan, like Japan is quite long. Like the lifespan. Oh, yeah. Japan is the anomaly. People live there until 1,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks for sharing the story, Honda. Yeah. Thank you, Honda. This one is truly one of my favorite stories. But like I read it so long ago, so I, and you told like so many details that I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, the letter one like, was to, very interesting. Yeah, to be honest, like the one detail that I remember was that, um, one of the ways he he like sort of like abused animals, like killed animals, was he does this one time where he took like a frog and he ran over it with his bicycle. Mm. And it was just to give you pleasure. And like that that's what I remember. Mm. <laughs> that's um, me and Honda's story are um, very, very different. And I want to give you guys, <laughs> like, our listeners and you guys, like, a little heads up that I will butcher a lot of pronunciation today. I'm sure of it. Um, so, okay. my story today comes from somewhere really far away, and it's actually from Hawaii. Oh, wow. We've never had a Hawaiian story yeah, before. Yeah, we never had. We never had. Um, so, this story is actually a Hawaiian legend. Um, and it's actually called the Night Marchers. Or in, or in Hawaiian language called Huakaipo or Spirit Ranks. Yeah, and these are the daily ghosts of ancient Hawaiian warriors. Oh. Whoa. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what they are before I'm telling you a story that I found on Reddit. Um, <laughs> a personal encounter with this like um, ancient warriors. So, um... These night, um, on the nights honoring the Hawaiian gods Kane, Ku, Lono, or on the nights of the Kanaloa, they are said these like night marches are said to come forth from their burial sites or to rise up from the ocean and to march in a large group to ancient Hawaiian battle sites or to other sacred places. Legend says that the night marches are normal sized warriors dressed for battle carrying spears, clubs, and some are beating war drums and blowing tones from like conch cell conch cell oh my god I always I've been practicing this okay like practice. five times okay I've practiced this so many times blowing tones from conch shells to announce the advancing of their march conch shells conch you don't understand okay oh my god I've practiced this so many times conch shells shells when the I can do that very well to be honest yeah so legend says that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she really can. She says she shall on the she shall on the she shall she shall she shall. She shall she shall. Shan, why would okay. you do that yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you are nowhere close. <laughs> can you not put this in, please? I think my reputation is at stake here. <laughs> like, I think you can just cut out that snippet and then like, late, put it Shen. in the group. <laughs> But not in the podcast, please. Consent is important. Also, oh I just... <laughs> Chris is like red. I'm, telling... I'm sorry. Okay, so like, heads up. Not heads up, sorry. I'm not gonna do a shisha, 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 like shand it. But like, this week when we were discussing when to uh, record this, right, we were like, okay, we, we, we're gonna be really tired this week. Like, we should really... Like, Honda was saying that 
she her energy is going to be a bit low. Yeah, but we are all super high right now. <laughs> yeah. We've we absolutely really lost our minds. <laughs> we really are. Yeah. Okay, Chan, tell us about the conch shells. Yes, okay. So they make they blow from it to make noise. But legend also says that they are suspended in the air and their feet do not touch the water or the ground as they trans traverse travel as they traverse through the night. Scott? They, <laughs> they traverse through the night and they leave no evidence of their visitations. Though this one is contested because I've actually read stories where their footprints are left behind. Yeah, so this is based on legend. Yeah. So they march in darkness after sunset and march as a group continuously until just before sunrise. Anyone living along their path may hear chanting, sounds of the blown conch shell tones and marching noise in the night. Mortals must go inside immediately, lay prone on the floor and do not look up to avoid notice from the night marchers in fear of harm or even death. So night marchers might appear during the day if coming to escort a dying relative to the spirit world. So, ancient mm-hmm. Hawaiian beliefs state that, um, you know, any mortal looking upon or being seen in defiance towards the marchers will die violently. Some oh. people maintain that if the mortal lies motionless, face down on the ground, they are showing proper respect, fear and deference from the night marchers and they will be spared. Additionally, mortals can be uh, can avoid harm or death from the night marchers by being fortunate enough to have ancient ancestor marcher present to recognize them. So as the group, right, when they're marching and they encounter this particular mortal, they will call out, I'm probably going to butcher this, but they'll call out Nau, which means mine in Hawaiian. Then no no one in the world possession can harm them. So then, you know, the mortal mm. is safe. Yeah. So I went, I found this really, really interesting. So obviously I went to look, look for um, personal encounters and stories. Um, and mm. I found one by this user called you. Nomiya, and she posted this three years ago and it's her own personal experience um, with the night marches in Hawaii. Um, yeah, so it's not a very... Okay, it's actually quite a long one and just a hind... Just note, I'm just going to read it in her perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very interesting story. So um, she started with, it's funny how easily a place can leave its mark on you. I'm Japanese, not Hawaiian, and I didn't grow up in Hawaii. My family has only lived on the islands for about five generations. Yet, somehow, the culture has somehow worked its way into my own life. Both of them were born on Ahau. My family used to fly there almost every year to visit my parents' old stomping grounds and to catch up on my five million cousins, even though my mother admits she can't always keep straight. Um, so, she doesn't know who her grandfather is. But he was an Air Force Staff Sergeant during the Korean War. He died a decade before she was born and was buried in the Punchbowl Cemetery. So the cemetery is located at a volcanic crater looming high above Honolulu. So they will take, every year when they go back, they will take like a long road trip to go and, you know, visit his grave. So, mm. yeah. So, but despite all these beautiful memories that she has of this place, she says that there's a reason why she can't bring herself back. And this is a story. Mm-hmm. So the last time I went to Ahau with a college friend of mine named Chris, he and I were spending a week there for spring break. I'll be honest, I was enjoying the freedom of exploring the island without my family. We rented a car and spent the first two days travelling all throughout Honolulu. 
on the third day, we rented a car and took a road trip to North Shore. We spent most of the afternoon there and by the time we drove back, the sun was setting. I was driving since I knew the geography better than Chris did. Even in real life. It seemed like... Yeah, I, no sense of direction. <laughs> it seemed like there were no other cars along the Pali Highway that, that night. It felt as though the darkness was closing around the car at, like a fist. Next to me, Chris yawned. Hey man, can you pull over? I need to pee, he said. Seriously? I said. Glanced in the rear view mirror. Still no cars. So, she said like, you know, make it quick. So, they were coming up on... Coming up on... Nuananu Pali Drive. So she got off the highway and then pulled over and found a good spot, you know, to park. And then with mumbled tanks, Chris got out of the car and slammed the door. And she watched him um, walk back the way that they had came. So she waited. But he didn't show up for five minutes and she became irritated. After 10, she became worried. And after 15, she got out of the car. Mm. So she shouted, Chris, what's taking you so long? No response. Chris, she repeated. That's when she heard a sound in the distance. It was faint, but definitely growing louder. Boom, boom, boom. It was a drum beat, and it was coming from the back towards the highway. So down the road, she saw a line of flickering light steadily making its way towards her. She felt a burst of fear, um, but she couldn't leave Chris, because you know Chris is supposedly in the toilet. So she cautiously mm. crept towards the lights, staying in the shadows. And as the beat of the drums vibrated through her body, the deep, low sound of a horn pierced the air. Then, she began to notice some details of the procession. The people in the front were carrying long spheres and torches. A man in the centre held a large conch shell, which he blew and he walked. So she ducked behind a tree as they grew closer. The first row of people were all dressed in capes of Hawaiian warriors. Their eyes were glowing and flickering, just like the torches they carried. Their bodies and clothes were an ashen white. They marched in formation, chanting words that she didn't understand. The men in the row behind them were dressed in army fatigues with rifles over their shoulders. Their eyes glowed too, and they chanted along with the warriors. On the jacket sleeve of the men closest to her, she saw a insignia of a hand carrying a torch surrounded by a hexagon, and she recognized that symbol because she saw it in her history books. It was soldiers of the 442nd Regiment of the World War II, composed of Japanese-Americans from Hawaii. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So the third row contained a mix of Hawaiian warriors and army soldiers, except that um, there, she saw one figure chanting without a weapon and dressed in modern clothes. It was Chris. Wait. Huh? <laughs> what? Wait, I was going to guess her grandfather, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was way off. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a grandfather oh too. It was Chris. Yeah, I was like, wait, it's a grandfather, isn't it? What the shit is Chris? <gasps> it's Chris. She gets, and the procession stopped. As one, they all turned her heads and stared straight at, at her. <laughs> and she ran. She stumbled back on the road and sprinted towards the car. And behind her, the drum was beating at a frantic pace. The chanting grew louder. Too late. She remembered the legends that, you know, her parents and almost every Hawaii would have known the story. So the night marches, the ghosts of the old warriors are said to wander the island at night. If you do not lie down and close your eyes when they appear, they will make you join their procession. They probably did that to Chris. Oh my god. Yeah, I was going to say, this is probably what happened to Chris. Chris was taking a leak and then he didn't... <gasps> oh no. Yeah, and now they knew that she had seen them. So Don't. she reached the car 
and she yanked the keys out of the pocket and pressed the unlock button. The car stayed silent. She grabbed the door handle and yanked it over and over. The drumming had reached a frantic pace and the chanting had turned into shouts. She looked back. The night marchers had already almost reached her. The ghosts in the front were brandishing their spears. She closed her eyes and she waited for the inevitable. Suddenly, a voice called out. She is mine. The chanting and jump stopped. She opened her eyes. A single ghost was standing between her and the procession. He wore a plain uniform and a cap on his head. The sleeve of his jacket had a chevron with a star in the middle. When she saw his face, for a brief moment, she thought that it was her father. The ghost ghost pointed at her. She is mine. He repeated to the procession. The warriors lowered their spheres. Slowly, the drum beat up, started again, and the horn sounded. The night marchers turned away from me and continued down the road. Let me, sorry, I suddenly I changed it. The night marchers turned away from her and continued down the road. The ghost actually had spoken, that who had spoken, slipped back into their ranks and disappeared among the rows. So then, after that, the car unlocked with a click and she didn't, um, you know, she didn't question her luck. She just threw herself inside and sped past <laughs> the ghost. So she didn't slow down until she was back in Honolulu. Um, um, however, she had to report Chris as missing. And till today, there is still no official word on what happened to him. Although oh, she has a, re- a feeling that the p- police already know that is my sister. I'll repeat that again. The police already know that is my sister. <laughs> there, although the police already know like what happened to him. So, you know, it's unquestionable. So, Chris's parents don't talk to her. She can't blame them. I mean, how, yeah. how, how could they? I mean, she survived through pure luck. Yeah, so so at that time, she already forgotten the final part of the Night Marchers legend, which is if they see you, you can only escape if a relative is already marching with them and recognizes you and claims you. In her case, it was her grandfather. So, I was right, it's grandfather. Yeah, so... My detective skills. So she, she didn't know how her grandfather knew it was her though. Um, she thought that, you know, perhaps... Maybe it's because when they visit, like, the mm. grave, yeah, then he, he truly listened to the greetings every year. So, yeah, the next morning, she bought a bouquet bouquet and drove out to Punchbowl Cemetery, left the flowers at the grave, yeah. And uh, so, she said that even though she had never taken Asian filial pity all that seriously, she knelt down and bowed. <laughs> it felt right. <laughs> yeah. So, um. She said that, you know, once the police told her that she left, she changed her ticket and like directly flew home and she has never returned since then. So she said, to conclude, I can't tell you not to visit Hawaii. It's a beautiful place full of unique experiences. But if you do go, be careful at night. If you hear drums and chanting and see a line of torches coming towards you, run away if you can. If you can't, lie down, close your eyes and don't look until they're gone. Some parts of the culture are better left alone. Yeah, mm. and and this story is really interesting because there's apparently only one type of flower that you can have, and if you have it in your house, they won't enter your house at all because they can go into houses as well. Oh wow! Yeah, so you really have to what act date. You have to act date, like if you actually do encounter the, them. Yeah. Do you know what flower it is? It's the tea. The what? T I. I, I think that's what I, I let me just search, okay? Um Oh I think 
Oh, this one. Yeah, it's a cordyline. It's a red. It's cordyline. Yeah, fruticosa. Yeah. So, um, if you have that in your house, like at your front, um, of your house, right, um. It's it's said to actually keep away all evil spirits. So then it will cause the, the night marches to avoid the area in the first place. Yeah, but they have the capabilities to walk <laughs> on your home grounds, you know? Oh, yikes. That's scary. It is. It is really very scary. I thought about it. I was just like, whoa. I wonder um, if Chris's parents actually believe like that. That legend, you know? Yeah. Would they accept that his that their son like went missing that way? It's mm. still like too out of this world to even right. accept. Like it's easier to accept that, for example, he he fell down and like passed away from that than to like, you know, someone telling them that he, he like a bunch of ghosts took him. Mm. Yeah, but when I read it, I was like, wow, so interesting. And it's like a culture that I don't think any of us has ever come into close contact with, right? Mm. Yeah. No. Very interesting. I, I think it's very interesting. You guys can Google and look at how much night marches look like. They're very interesting. Chris was like in shock the whole time. Because <laughs> it was Chris. <laughs> it was me. I went to take a <laughs> leak and <laughs> I ended up a part of the army. <laughs> and he's not found to the day. So that's quite sad. But, I mean, that's what they are meant to do lah. Like, they were killed. Um, I mean, at least he was not killed brutally lah. Like, because there are actually instances where they were killed with their, their, you know, their weapons. So, yeah. So just, I mean, you never know, actually. Yeah, so. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's go Hawaii someday. <laughs> if I you want hear to. the drums. I really want to go Hawaii. Hawaii is like one of my dream destinations as well. Same. To be honest, I just want to travel. Wow. But <laughs> when will you end restrictions? But like, even without the restrictions, when will you travel? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my travel, okay. <laughs> oh, so mean to me. I still travel um, from my bedroom to the living room to the kitchen then back to the bedroom. You don't go to the I'm toilet? still traveling. Stop! <laughs> oh my god! Help! I'm I'm constantly being harassed by Honda. Honda harasses me. <laughs> Harassing Honda. Okay. So we're done. Oh, that's a good story. story. Thanks, Shen. No problem at all. <laughs> I'm still like, wow. That vehicle. I'm like still shook from both your stories. Yeah, I think today's stories were really, really good. This is so interesting. Oh my god. And I like urban legends. Same. Oh yes, me too, because they're not as scary as ghost stories. Oops. I shall find a scary ghost story. <laughs> Stop. Do you know do you know what urban legend really intrigues me? What? Mothman. Mothman really intrigues oh me. Oh my god, Chris. You know, what? I don't have you heard of Mothman? Yeah, before? I've heard, I've heard. I've heard, I've like heard. A, it's like a giant statue of him. There's like a map of like, uh, of like North America, like the US and like the different like legends and where they appear. 
which is quite interesting. Yeah, so like that would be pretty interesting. Bigfoot or like Yeti and Nessie. Mm, all those Nessie, sorry, everyone says Nessie. I just remember that one scene from um Breaking Dawn hmm. Part Two where sorry, yes, um I was a Twihard. Okay, I still have Breaking Dawn somewhere on my shelves. But there's this scene where Jacob refers to Bella's daughter as Nessie and then Bella gets pissed off. She's like, You named oh my, my daughter God. Nessie after the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> Why do you remember the movie so well? What the yeah, hell? exactly. No, listen, it wasn't just in the movie, it was in the book, okay? it's It was just, I remember it because it was so ridiculous. Like, she got pissed off, not because Jacob, a grown-ass man, imprinted on Renesmi, literally an infant. She was pissed off because he nicknamed her after the Loch Ness Monster. And it wasn't even after the Loch Ness Monster. He just nicknamed her Nessie. Because her name was Renesmi. Which is also like a shitty name. Hmm. Sorry, I'm very passionate. Okay, I, I still until you today really will are. say that. The, 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 the Twilight books are pretty interesting. Okay, with the exception of Eclipse. Because no one remembers what happens in Eclipse. They're still pretty interesting. Yes. I rest my case, your honor. Bang, bang, bang. Dismissed. <laughs> Honda, like, ejects me from, like, this call. <laughs> She's like, bye. Let me try. <laughs> Stop, no, don't do that. <laughs> Possible. This is workplace harassment. Workplace. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HAUPodcast. Show us a message or send us stories if you'd like. You can also email us at humanamongus3 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and see you guys next week. Bye! Have a good week, all. Bye-bye. Yes, have a good week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.